Hello everyone, welcome to the Attitude Era podcast. Boner episode fever. Hello again, once again, I'm Kevin Mahan. Joined in this special bonus episode with uh, Mr. Billy Keeble. Hello, Billy. Hello. You got WrestleMania rage party fever. Oh, I'm, I'm raging at the climax. Yeah, yeah, we're approaching the raging climax. And just before the raging climax, it is usually, it's, it's considered good form to have a little bit of a rage party. Yeah. So we're going to review it. The WrestleMania Rage Party. I didn't know this existed until very recently, actually. I mean, WrestleMania Rage Party, I remember seeing clips of it at WrestleMania 15. Where it was like, oh, last night at the Rage Party, you know. I was like, Rage Party? What is that? I didn't realize it was a one-hour televised event, which WWE did the night before WrestleMania 15, the Raging Climax, yeah. featuring music. Yeah, it's got music in it. It's got, got some wrestlers in it. It's got some goofs. It's got some goofs, yeah. I thought for years that it was basically, you know, it was like, you know, the, the Star Wars Christmas special. Yeah. You know, it was like Vince McMahon had the one copy. Yeah, but, it exists, but you can't get it. But apparently over the summer, someone uh, managed to get their hands on a copy and lo and behold, it's found its way online. It's up on YouTube. I suggest you all go and yeah, watch it. Yeah, definitely go and watch this piece of garbage. So, well, not to spoil how we feel about it. <laughs> uh, I made it my damnedest because this is such a, an odd event to try and keep it secret from you. When I told you, Billy, that you and I were going to review the WrestleMania Rage Party, what did you think it was? I literally had no idea. The only thing I knew was that Adam told me that Isaac Hayes was going to perform Which Chocolate a, Salty Balls. That is not a good clue! <laughs> That's not uh, a good oh, clue. You would know, you, there was no way you could piece together what no, it was. I, from I had no idea what it was. Uh, but then, just sort of thinking about it, I kind of imagined it as an album drop party, but for a wrestling event, and that's kind of what it is. Now, here's the thing. You've got the opening there, where it's issues. I'm going, rage, complete and utter rage, yeah. complete and utter rage. And you got Xbox bopping his head back and forth. very 90s. It's very MTV. Do you think that this was meant to be a rave party. And there was just a mistake in there. And that there was maybe a mistake. Vincent Man's like, ah, oh, goddammit, I've heard all about this rage culture that's going on. <laughs> it's just, rage is not, parties are fun, yeah? Yeah. Rage is not. A yeah. rage party is doomed to failure. Well, I think it's literally only called the rage party because of the subtitle of WrestleMania 15. The I raging reckon, climax. I reckon it's that's the only reason this was called the rage party. So we start off with a lot of fireworks, explosions yeah. left and right, and a familiar sight we will see throughout the evening, which is sea of confused fans. A warehouse full of cretins. They are literally just, they've shipped these people into this massive fucking barn. Yeah. Now, do you know how much tickets cost for this? How much? $80 a piece. Really? $80 a piece. Wow. Now, the general concept behind the Rage Party, before we kind of get into the meat and veg of it, so to speak, was that it was meant to be a, a kind of a fun night of music. Yeah. I use that term loosely. Yeah. I'd be able to go in and that there were, the wrestlers would be there, and the wrestlers and the personalities were meant to be mingling with the fans. The idea being kind of like, hey, I could maybe do a little bit of headbanging with the headbangers, yeah. or Michael P.S. Hayes will give me an autograph. 
it didn't necessarily work out that way because what happened almost immediately was that the wrestlers that were popular learned to stay away quickly from all the fans because they didn't want to get mugged. We'll see that a bit later. And then that the other guys, I mean, you had people like Michael Cole wandering around. Yeah. Or like Terry Taylor kind of going, hey guys, I'm just, I'm here, you know, for a night out. It was awkward. Yeah. And apparently there was a lot of waiting around and a lot of young kids went. Under 14s were allowed in into this event. Jesus. And yeah, they spent most night waiting and everyone was kind of like, they bought the tickets under the premise like you would access now saying, I'm going to meet, you know, The Rock. I'm going to meet Triple H and no one really got no. to, to see that. So the best way to describe the layout of this is imagine if Batman, instead of defeating supervillains, yeah. defeated wrestling pay-per-views and hung their trophies on as well. <laughs> yeah, we get the Deadly Games. Uh, Deadly Games. The, 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 uh, the Big Skull. Yeah, the Big Skull is there. The Rock Banner from Rock Bottom is yeah. there as well. Uh, Eagle Eye people also point out that you can see Vince's wheelchair. And there was all like just random stuff around, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I like, it is quite I like, cool, yeah. I like the idea of that, you know, they have that giant warehouse full of stuff. They might as well put it to use. So we have Doc Hendricks, a.k.a. Michael P.S. Hayes, being the announcer for tonight. And he <laughs> announces... The evil corporation, but he's like, Welcome to the rage party! And now, ugh, <laughs> the corporate team. It's like, yeah. alright. It's like know. something from like CBBC. <laughs> like, mean Mr. Nasty is coming out. <laughs> corporation appear, most of them wearing their uh, civilian attire. Yeah, Shane comes out in his glasses, dancing around. He looks like such a dweeb. So you got Shane, Shane's got Shane's rocking the kind of. He's, well, Shane has a European title, we'll talk about mm. that at WrestleMania. But he is rocking the kind of the, the glasses down low on the nose, yeah. the kind of the peering which over. Which is a look which a lot of people have uh, in this yeah, forty-five minutes of uh, of footage. There's a lot of uh, having sunglasses on the edge of your nose. It's it's a popular look. You've got Bossman is wearing a suit, which is nice. Uh, as Vince comes out, he actually blesses the fans like yep. like the Pope. And then you have Ken Shamrock who put in the effort by wearing a t-shirt and jeans. Yes, black t-shirt. Fucking, you make an effort. It's a rage party. <laughs> it's a formal occasion. And he's all about rage. I so know. You'd think he'd be into it. Sh- Ken Shamrock screaming for forty minutes would have been more fun than this. Yeah. Immediate would, asshole chant. Immediate asshole chant. And it's like the corporation come out. Everyone's like, oh, what are these lads gonna do? Huh? Stand up on the balcony looking around. Typical. Yeah. They don't literally. They do nothing. They just boo. So uh, they they're all standing there, looking all fashionable, and uh, then all of a sudden we get our first act of the night. Yeah, we get an introduction to give it up for the voice of chef Isaac Hayes. Two tablespoons of cinnamon. My recipe in three egg whites. Have a stick of butter Melt it Stick it all in a bowl, baby And stir it with a wooden spoon Mix in a cup of flour And you'll be in heaven soon Say, everybody ever seen my balls that big and salty and brown? If you ever need a quick, pick me up, just stick my balls in your mouth. Suck on my chocolate salty balls. Taking your mouth to suck up. Dressed like a bottle of ketchup. <laughs> yeah. He comes out and he sings that song. 
grown himself by chocolate salty balls. Like I point out as well, when he comes out, he looks dreadfully confused. Yeah, you can tell he knows nothing about wrestling and has. He no comes out and he's like, "What? Why is there a giant fucking skull?" Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, you know, I think he may be the first Scientologist to appear in a WWF. Event. I think, I think so, yeah. And as he comes out, the yeah. uh, crane camera gets right in there. Production values for this are a little bit uh, shoddy. And he sings chocolate salty balls, which is for me is just pure late nineties. Yeah, it was. It, it reached number one in the UK. Yeah. Um, nearly well, was Christmas. Number nearly, one. nearly Christmas number one, um, but it lost out to the Spice Girls. Damn girl um, power. But what what makes me laugh the most about this is that um, the time between the. When this song first appeared on TV, mm-hmm. and how late it was until it was on here. This episode of South Park, which I think is just called Chocolate Salty Balls, <laughs> I think that's the name of the episode, aired on August 19th, 1998. Okay. So that is nine months Jesus. before this. But it was released as a single on December 1st. Okay. So it could be because the single came out, but that's still, that's still four a months long. ago. Also, as well, can I point out for the fact, I thought this was the case that he played the song before the episode came out, because I was about to forgive him for the fact that he's reading the fucking lyrics of yeah. Nine months! If you remember when this song was out, it was on every goddamn radio station. And I'll admit, I was, you know, I bought the CD. Yeah. You know, I bought the CD I wanted to support Chef growing up as a young man in Ireland. But yeah, you had nine months to learn this off, and you know, it's not as if they're very difficult lyrics. No, they're not. It's mostly him saying chocolate salty balls over and over again. More or less. And he's reading it off, he's reading it off a sheet, and you can see tell this point where he's kind of like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like, you, he literally has no connection to the song whatsoever. No. But um, the other thing, the other thing I don't get is, you know, them introducing him as the voice of Chef, yeah. as if that's the only thing. That Not like soul ever... legend. He he, he he made the album Black Moses, which is one of the greatest soul albums of all time. He wrote Soul Man. Yeah, but he's the voice of Chef from South. Park. He was the Duke of New York City in Escape from New York. But he was also the voice of Chef. Yeah. And that is that is that is all wrestling fans. Look, care Billy, about. all I'm saying is if. Road Dog and Billy Gunn came out with shirts of the Duke from Escape from <laughs> New York. Yeah, alright, maybe, but they had South Park shirts. I loved WWF trying to desperately king on to South Park at the time. Yeah, they dropped Golga. Imagine I Golga could have just come out and it would have been a nice, funny little moment. That would have been a re- his, that would have been Golga's WrestleMania it moment right there. But uh, yeah, they're always desperately trying to cling on to South Park. I love it. it's kind of like Vince with the Infi was like, yes, I love South Park. My favorite character is Cartman. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't uh, particularly get it. Speaking of Vince, though, talk about an aggressive dancer. Yeah. Now, whatever you may say about the decision for this entire in- ordeal, the WrestleMania Rage Party, in my mind, it's worth it existing and watching solely for the shots of Vince dancing to chocolate salty balls. He's so happy. And you can tell he's never heard the song in his oh, life. Of course not. Because that is, that is a running thing with Vince that he just lets someone else book the music. Yeah, he exactly. Really yeah. System of a Down. He's kind of... Uh, like he's just kind of throwing shapes, I'd say, would be a good... Yeah, uh, throwing shapes is a good term. It's, if you don't see, he does stand... If you've ever seen this video of him doing Stand Back, where he seems to be not so much dancing, but aggressively cutting the air around him. Yeah, he's doing like little karate chops. He's he's quite an angry dancer. Well, one thing we do notice here, though, is WDF are clearly not used to shooting a concert because you get... Shot of Chef, shot of the band, rolling shot of the crowd. The same rolling shot because you can tell because you keep seeing the sign Dave is a homo. Now, I don't know who you are, Dave, but I know that you are a homo because I saw this sign 
literally a hundred times, and I never pick up on signs. No. But you know, Dave is a homo yeah. right there. Just because every he uses the same shot, and it always starts with some guy holding up a green sign saying Dave is a homo. It's literally like they had that crane camera just on like on a loop de loop. I suspect they only did it once. And oh, then and then kept reused it, it, and then just overdubbed the, the music. You can never tell with the incredibly overzealous fans. You might be like, "Oh, here we go again, time number twenty-seven. <laughs> you know, we then get a shot of. I mentioned before that fans came expecting to get like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the rage party on Saturday night, Billy. I'm gonna hang out with Triple H. Yeah. Maybe have some cocktails with The Rock. Like, you know, maybe try my hand with one of the divas. But instead, what you see is a shot of King, Jim Ross, yeah. and Michael Cole." All with their backs turned to the camera, signing autographs. Which is nice for fans. of them. I think that's really nice. Which is nice of them, but it's just there's something sad about the three of them just stood there while Chocolate Salty Balls is playing. You also see Draws, who's got a very big hat. Yes. But I see Draws now was out there amongst the people, but most of the guys were just yeah. nowhere near. To- we cut back to the band Isaac Hayes' uh, backing band, and they are taking this so seriously. Oh, yeah. This is their Woodstock. <laughs> Like there's there's a guy playing piano. He's getting really down, like and getting playing it with such intensity and such emotion. He's just playing chocolate salty balls. I will say one thing as well. When we started this, I was like, I'm not going to critique the music, but compared to what comes up later, these guys, you can tell that they're fucking proper actual yeah. musicians who are used to playing whenever. Not like some of the guys we get coming up yeah. later on. Halfway through the song, Isaac Hayes like stops singing. He says that he can smell something. And I immediately thought, this what is going to be amazing. What the Rock is cooking? This is a, they're going to have him say, he can smell what the Rock is cooking. And, you know, all the fans are going to get a big cheer. And he, he he just says something else. And then... I don't think he knows who the Rock is. I don't think he does either. Also, as well, that would be gimmick infringement. Because if you remember a few pay-per-views back, that fat white lad who had the chef outfit on, he's the one who smells what the Rock is yeah. cooking, mate. So, I'm sorry. So, we got a... After that finishes up, you know, relatively fun performance. It was a bit of nostalgia for me. You yeah, know, it was, it was I remember balls, that being you know. on the radio all the time. Yeah, so. I mean, if you grew up during the 90s, you know, for me, South Park was kind of like, it was a thing I wasn't meant to watch because I was 10, but I yeah. watched anyway. Anyway, we get The Rock coming out. And Stone Cold, you make no mistake about it. Tomorrow night, WrestleMania 15... When it's all said and done, all the smoke is cleared, the millions and millions of The Rock's fans are through chanting his name. The Rock guarantees to you this, is that he said it before, he will say it again. The Rock lives for two things. Number one is to remain and prove to be the most electrifying man in sports entertainment today. And The Rock lives to kick your monkey ass all over God's green earth. As a matter of fact, no, no, no. Stone Cold, you make no mistake about it. Is WWF title or no WWF title? The Rock is and will forever be. And The Rock means forever be the people's champ. If you smell Philly, this is not sing along with the champ. Cooking. Notice the Rock is wearing one of his $500 shirts for the first yep. time on the podcast. Very snazzy. Has a quite a 
It's not a great promo by the rock standards. It's it's not great and it's long. It's just him Very essentially long. introducing these people who've paid eighty dollars, just calling them jabronis and insulting them for about four minutes. I couldn't see if there were any screens, but I don't think there were because the rock is just way up in this little balcony with a spotlight on him. So you got like you know a couple of thousand people just kind of going, oh there he is up there, and uh, Paul White is beside him, big nasty. Yeah, he's got a, a t-shirt that says has the letters FB on it. Now me and Billy were watching this to get we literally watched this just before we recorded and we were both sitting there watching this relatively boring rock promo which is an odd thing to say a boring rock promo and Paul White he's got this face on him this battle face like he's eating all the biscuits and he's got a t-shirt that says FB and straight away Billy started laughing and I started laughing as well independently and we both turned to each other like t-shirt yeah FB yeah Fat bastards. <laughs> that was that was the best we could come up with. But I'm still impressed we came up with that independent. That's nature. clairvoyance right there, my friend. This is funny because the idea, the whole idea of the race party was meant to be that, like, oh, you're meant to be closer to the guys. Yeah. But actually, if anything, they're more disconnected than they would be at a normal show because The Rock is like the millions and all years. <laughs> and then the rock goes and millions now the rock was so it's over because the they're putting themselves on such a high pedestal they're, they're literally on a pedestal above the audience it's basically pay more money than you would for a regularly priced wrestling show to see not wrestling yeah. and be further away from the people you were promised you get to interact with the promo is really just a downer I mean like I'm just kind of going and think to the rock going mate it's a rage party fucking pick up emote, the pace emote it's a rage party not a fucking boring conversation party yeah we get another sign Fred 469 that's back again so you, you know. think there's all these guys kind of like imagine the original 469 guy sitting at home watching the rage party <laughs> that's my motherfucking satellite you know Kane is just there. Now, I hadn't noticed Kane's Kane. There. Kane's just there with the corporation and he's wearing his ring gear. He's just got his arms crossed, just staring, just watching the fans. It looks so ridiculous. And uh, yeah, we got you know, a nice shot of you know Kane just standing there. And then here, this is what we what we paid to see, mate. Yeah. Idle chatter between Vince and Shane. Yeah. Hey, how are you doing, Shane? You okay? Yeah, I'm all right, you know. What, yeah. what, what's, what's for dinner tonight? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a casserole in the fucking microwave. You know, it, you don't want that. We get a recurring bit for the night, which is the Stooges, Patterson and Briscoe. They want to get into the race party, the hottest ticket in town, yeah. but they can't. Yeah, the security guards won't let them in. Yeah. Come on, guys, hurry up. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, we're late. Hey, gentlemen, you guys are Sorry, can I let you through? Don't you know who we are? I'm Pat Patterson, the first Intercontinental Champion. Listen, if we don't go in there, there's no show. Let's go. It's funny because he's like, sorry guys, you can't get in. And Pat Patterson's, I am the first Intercontinental Champion. (laughs) And all the people in the queue just go, boo. This saved the rage party for me. Yeah, but these recurring Patterson and Briscoe are so fucking funny. They're so funny. They've got such co- like uh, such a uh, good um, comic timing, comic like. timing with each other, and you know, they work really well. Together. I think it's a funny thing as well, like because you know, as a kid watching this, I was just like, oh, it's Patterson Briscoe, old Egypt or whatever. You know, now obviously I've watched a lot more wrestling now in the years since. Uh, I know about stuff like the AWA and the NWA and stuff. Patterson was the fucking man back yeah. in the day. And Briscoe, like Jerry Briscoe, him and his brother, they were like 
untouchable. They were like, considered like real men's men. Like, and then to see them there, it's so funny, extra tragic. But you know, I like they don't take themselves too seriously. I suppose we cut to backstage where Sable is uh, getting her makeup done. Sable, who's now a no good heel. Yeah, no good heel. Because Vince Russo and Vince McMahon clearly don't like her anymore because she's got an attitude. So they turned her heel, which is the mature thing to do. And uh, two men run in. Hi, Sable. Hi, I'm at Zappa. Who and are man these guys? Vince McMahon. You idiot, I am sorry. Sable, hi, I'm Dweezil Zappa. This is my brother, Amit. We host a show oh. called Happy Hour. Oh, if you ow, touch me, ow, ow. I'll break your hand. Ow, ow. Uh, there's really no need for violence. Um, we just want to know if maybe some Saturday night, maybe you could come on our show. It's yeah. 9 o'clock, it's yeah, Happy Hour. It's fun. I want. It's fun. That's all I want. Happy Hour. Okay. Yeah! Yeah! Yes! Yeah! Sable! Yeah! Two... To say two men run in, it's just kind of like two guys, just you know, yeah, t- no, two fucking psychopaths yeah. belt down the door, just like, blah, blah, blah. and they keep running up to Sable and saying how big the family are. But then we're told that this is Dweezil and Ahmet Zappa. Now immediately, I know the name Dweezil Zappa because ah. these two men <laughs> are brothers, and these two men are the sons of musician. Frank Zappa. Billy, tell the people how much I love Frank Zappa. You're a huge Frank Zappa fan. I'm a I'm a Frank Zappa fan as well. This but you... broke my fucking heart. And they're here purely to promote their show Happy Hour, which is on the USA Network. Their dad was barely cold in the ground, <laughs> and then this is the public face they put out on the Zappa family. For shame. It's for shame. It's so bad. Ugh. But they were in a Ready to Rumble. Yeah, well. yeah, that's uh, if true. You, if you if you remember them singing um, "Hit Me Baby" one more time. Also, one of the uh, one of the the Zappa brothers was in the opening uh, little goof in "Ready to Rumble" as well. Yeah. That being said, how dare you? It's... How dare you have Frank Zappa for a father? Yeah. And then come out and and li- essentially lick Sable. <laughs> Dog, and they're like, "Hey, they want to be on." He's like, "Be on our show," and she's like. I don't even know what your show is. And then all of a sudden it just cuts to their fucking, the ad for their show. Yeah. It's just an insane pink flashing light. And I'm like, what's going on? Happy hour, happy hour. So no one cares, Dweezil and Ahmed. I'm sorry, Dweezil and Ahmed, but I would rather not watch happy hour if that is fine. Doc Hendricks is about to cut a little bit of a promo, but he gets interrupted by Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon, who is surrounded by the Mean Street Posse, will talk a bit more about them on the actual uh, WrestleMania episode. But basically... The running gimmick of the night is Shane's had a few drinks and yeah. he's out trawling for some tight slits. Yeah, he's looking for the ladies. He's Not looking the for the ladies. Deborah, anybody. And when I say looking for the ladies, I mean literally peering over his sunglasses yeah. and looking for the ladies. He runs off after going, yeah, boy! Yeah, boy! Shane, Shane McMahon is that guy. <laughs> yeah, basically. he's that he's, guy. He's basically There's so it. many shots of him in, in this thing, drinking. Like, he's just got, like, pint after pint of beer, and he's just necking them. <laughs> he is so fucking drunk. I just like the idea of Shane McMahon having a load of pints. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just a funny concept. So anyway, you come back to the Stooges, who are going to sneak in. Uh, they've decided that they are not going to, you know, get their tickets legitimately. And, you know, Patterson's got the cigarette behind the ear, yeah. you know, looking all cool. And then uh, Jerry, in a moment of uh, foreshadowing, calls him a horse's ass. Yeah. To which Patterson goes, a horse's ass? And looks literally right at you. <laughs> like, his eyes pierce through the screen as if to say, I will be literally a horse's ass in the next bit. <laughs> Remember that I said I am a horse's ass. This yeah. is important. 
I don't get why they can't just um, why Patterson can't just bribe the security guards with a condom and then a chair. Yeah. To just get let in, you know, it, it's clearly worked for him before. It, 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 he's clearly just not got his, his shit together tonight. The show was like hundred miles an hour. I think Russo just had all these little bits yeah. he was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if Blad did this and Blad did each, that? Each segment is about a, less than a minute to yeah. a minute, it's a and then it's a new segment, and yeah. then. It's it's so fast. It's they're like throwing so much shit at the wall, which makes it strangely easier to watch. We get uh, Sable, yeah, who has left the dressing room and is now dancing, dancing on a balcony. Oh, Sable, I'd like to get a word with you, but uh, you seem to be a little bit occupied. Not now, Michael. Once I get started, I can't stop. Well, uh, don't let me stop you. Dancing. And she- she says that no one can stop her from dancing while stopping dancing to talk to Michael Cole. Because she is basically the juggernaut. Yeah. Once she starts, she will continue to dance for yeah. a long time. Now, we say dancing, Billy, don't we? Yes. Now, now here's the thing, right? you know, old, old, old kids, it's like, you know, Sable is a very, very glamorous, very, you know, she was, she was uh, the woman that everyone wanted in the 90s, you yeah. know without getting into some weird kind of objectifying women based on looks thing. But Jesus Christ, that woman cannot dance. She cannot dance. It is... All right, here's, here's Sable, like Playboy, you know, literally one of the most downloaded women on the internet. She literally could just stand there and it would be like, oh, there's Sable, you know, doing her thing. But the, when she dances, it's just like, how, how can she make Sable awkward? Yeah. How can she make what it, at the time was, in many people's eyes, the most desirable woman in the world... How could she make herself look awkward? And she finds a way. I'll tell you an extra way that can make awkward. We cut to the audience. Their perspective is able. She's lit up. And she is an event. She is performing. She is dancing with her back to the crowd for all those perverts down below. So as part of the setup for the events of things they want to do... This is written down. Sable yeah. is going Sable to, will dance. Sable and people will, will dance look. for people, and they will watch her. And it's so seedy. It's. I mean, like here's the thing, though. I mean, with with, with Sable, now we know she can't wrestle. She can't talk. Yeah. She can't dance. I mean, I I'm 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 of the opinion that like I think that you know that they can have females in the company who may not necessarily be the best wrestlers in the world, but they can provide value elsewhere. Stacy Keebler is an amazing example. She was not really that great a wrestler. She never had like an amazing match, but she was charismatic as fuck. Also, she could dance. Dancing is actually a skill, you know. Uh, Layla could dance as well. Sable has. Literally no intrinsic value, it seems. Yeah. And she's dancing to the uh, the shaft theme. Yeah, she's at, and Cole is just kind of standing beside her with his hands on his hips, kind of going, well, there she is. Dancing away. I tried to, to save something before, but as she said, she can't be stopped. Yeah, there she is, the candle in the wind. We cut down then to the main floor where we see Pete Gas having the best time ever. Now, I still don't know who Pete Gas is, but Pete I'm Gass- going to find out. Member of the Mean Street Posse yeah. had debuted a few weeks ago, one of Shane's real life friends, and he's there with a beer in his hand with the biggest fucking grin on his face to say, I'm actually being paid to drink. You did good, Pete Gas. You did <laughs> real good. You the man. Here's a, an awkward moment. Shane has, uh, you know, obviously had his few more drinks. Yeah. And he's off looking for Deborah now, he says. He wants mm-hmm. Deborah. <laughs> Finds Deborah. She's all, all on her Toblerone. There, yep. no, there is no Jeff Jarrett. And Shane goes over to her 
and he says uh, they he, she has bodacious dadas. Bodacious dadas. Sounds like something from Bill and Ted. So uh, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So, <laughs> so look after your bodacious dadas. Yeah. That's what the Susan G. Coleman Trust is about. I suppose. For fuck, I mean seriously. He starts grinding on her. He's like right. He goes right in there. Yeah. Right in there. Yeah, then he gets everyone else to do it. He's, the idea was that it was empty, kind of, he was going to be in there and then like maybe they were meant to kind of keep everyone else away. And all of a sudden, another fan just kind of is like, yeah, let's all have a go on Deborah. <laughs> takes Deborah from behind, starts grinding on her that way. Oh, then man. Then more people. So she, Deborah is completely covered in lecherous fans. All the, it's basically uh, mass pile forms. Whilst Pete Gas looks on smiling. Pete Gas going, well, I've still got half a beer left, so I ain't doing shit, like. And then we cut away, get around two minutes of sweeping shots of the fans as presumably they try and get Deborah out of their safe. Yep. Jesus Christ, like, that is... The safety, like, alone is just... It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So, we hear the familiar screech of the tires... A car crash noise. Yep. Mick Foley, mankind, yep. is going to come out and save the rage party. It, it, it put to an end not my idea, though, that this is actually all in mankind's brain. You know, this is this is his dream. Oh, that was and your... that's, that's what mankind thinks. You wake you know? up, what a crazy dream. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping you... I dreamt that Vince McMahon danced to Isaac Hayes. <laughs> this is what I imagine is mankind's head as he's falling off, like, the cage. Yeah, as, uh, the madness. At, at King of the Ring, like... Just going over this, and this is like, in a couple of months, this will happen. Yeah, he comes out and uh, does his first ever stand-up comedy routine. Yeah. You know, this really, you know, do a bit of stand-up myself. Mm-hmm. Know a lot of people who, who, who do the old stand-up. Uh, this reminds me a lot of, if you ever have a friend who's trying out it for the first time, kind of going, well, I've got these four jokes. Yeah. I'll go up and give it At a whirl. At the open mic. At the open mic, and all my friends are in the audience, and they'll do a laugh. He says limping ain't easy because yeah. obviously it's a play on the the god the Godfather says pimping ain't e- limping yeah. rhymes with pimping. Then he says shrimping ain't easy also because it's something to do with sh- a shrimp boat. Yeah, and also the chimping ain't easy because well. he likes monkeys. Now also I point out for the record this is not original material. He wrote about this in his book. They had a fatal four way match at some house show and him Austin and Rock just did this as a laugh. So he's recycling jokes here. And he doesn't even Jesus. get that many laughs. The other joke he has is him and Mr. Socko walked into a bar in Philadelphia and the, the barman says, um, what can I do for you? Mr. Socko says, get this man's hand out of my ass. Jokes! And he says he went into an old, old museum where they saw the last... He makes an Al Snow joke. says, the last ever good match is in an old, old museum. It's not... It's not... I All right, I love Mick Foley. Yeah, I love Mick Foley. I love Mick Foley, and I love stand-up comedy. And I love that he's doing stand-up comedy now. You know? Yeah. That That's great. Passion of mine. But fuck me, man. I It's it's, it's my duty to tell you, Mick Foley, <laughs> that your fucking material stank. It was it bad. fucking rubbish. I'm sure it's a lot better now. Boo! But right there, that was dreadful. And I was hoping that M- Mankind would save it. Would save the Rage Party. He made it worse. He made it worse. Because he made it more awkward. It's an awkward, awkward night. And then he says, play my music. Have a nice day. Hit my music. Then some German techno music plays. I think what he said, what they thought he said was, make a sex party happen now. Yeah. And they played the most sex party music ever. It's such weird German techno music. Oh, it broke my heart. It's funny because prepare to be disappointed with McFoley's uh, WrestleMania 15 match. And the yeah. fact that the night before he had he bombed, basically. Yeah. It's, just, it's a tragic weekend altogether. 
cut backstage. Godfather says he's coming in, but he's got two hoes. Waiting on two hoes. Waiting on two. Remember that. Remember that he has two, two hoes. Yeah. Two, one, two. Two hoes are coming. Foreshadowing. For, remember that. Pat, uh, Jerry appear dressed up as a horse. Yeah. He said the horse is ass. This is so surreal, but we're Isn't like... It's is so strange. Pat farts in Jerry's mouth. Which makes makes Jerry, you know, break away because he is the horse's ass. Breaks away and security see him. Say, that is not a real horse. I, <laughs> they call him like, hang on a minute. Oh, no, 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 no. Get back here. What kind of half horse shit are you pulling here, guys? You know, good Lord. So peculiar. I don't even know how he got away with that. Anyway, yeah, we'll let this they horse got past into the, the rage party. It's like, there's a godfather, two hoes, there's a horse. There's two more hoes coming later, guys, though. So uh, be, be on the lookout. Shane, the whitest man in the room. Yeah, says it's time for what is the name of the band? Big pun. He's like, but like Shane's like, you're you're gonna big pun coming out. You're gonna get you So that is you know why we didn't know the yeah, name. Yeah, a big pun comes out. No idea who this man is. He's so fat, I can't tell if he's Hispanic or Asian. I just cannot tell. <laughs> he's so fat, I want to see him do a moonsault. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the fat one, the fat one is big pun. Yeah, is he? he is big pun. He is a big fucking fucker. Fuck he's me, a big man. I, I I won't lie. Within a year of this, he is dead. Really? Literally, within a year of this appearance, he has died because of his size. Do you know how big he was at the time? All right, let me, get, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Because he looks like he literally looks like a beanbag. Yep. He's a big sleepy beanbag. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess six hundred and fifty pounds. Close. You're in the 600s. 698. Oh, so close to 700. So close to 700 when he died. Actually, now that I think about it, I could be wrong because I know Big Sal in ECW was a big fat fuck. But that may be the fattest man who will ever appear on the podcast. Quite possibly. Give it up for Big Pun. <laughs> who ate a big bun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Big Pun comes out and does his song, I'm Not a Player. Um, Can't hear the words because he's out of breath after yeah, the first I, minute. I went to look at you know Big Pun some more. Uh, this was one of his major singles, I'm Not a Player. Uh, his single after this was called Still Not a Player, which I find so funny. He's not a player because he won't get picked for any team because <laughs> he's too fucking fat. So we get PMS dancing with the fans, presumably plotting to frame one of them for a fake pregnancy. You can't have PMS no. in a dance environment. Seriously. Oh, you know what would be good fun? Imagine we brought out those, like, she-devils. <laughs> Who wants to... If you're a fan going, Oh, Terry, come here. Man, remember when you pretended you had a miscarriage? Yeah. Good times. Jokingly punching her in the stomach. Let, let's have a dance. <laughs> hey, fuck me. Backstage, Patterson and Briscoe again. Yeah. Remember earlier when they said that uh, there were two more hoes there? Yeah. Well, it, Patterson and Briscoe, they put two and two together and came up with dressing up as hoes. They are in yeah. drag. They're in drag now. And listen, don't you ever question me again. Now, look, we made look what you made me dress up. So what? You wanted to get in, didn't you? Big men will be very happy. What's the big man going to do when he sees this? You wanted to get in, didn't you? Well, I do look Well, look better. at you. I look good. What do you mean you look better look than at me? me? I got on a Wonder Bra. Look how good that thing is. Please give me a hey, break. A Wonder Bra. what you made me do. Stop it. If you don't want to come, let's go. Oh, wait a minute. My name is Barbara. I'm supposed to be Barbara. Wait a minute. Look, next time I see you, what's the matter with you? I'm calling the cops. Yeah. What's the Thoughts on Patterson and Briscoe in drag? It made me laugh a lot. Do you want your mind to be blown right now, Billy? Okay. 
This is not the last time you will see Parison and Briscoe in drag. Excellent. Also, you will see them in drag in a competitive environment. Oh, for fuck's sake. I won't say any more. Oh. Brilliant. So, we return to a song in progress. Which I love. I mean, I suppose this just goes to show it. Billy, you should have the Rage Party app downloaded so you can see what's happening yeah. during the break. Or also, alternatively, see Ryback watching the Rage Party backstage. Yeah. That is what the app is for. So, uh, I just to say, I'm actually completely mesmerized with the fat lad. He's still there. He's still going. He's completely gassed. He looks like he's going yeah. to keel over at any moment. No, he, he doesn't look well. You notice as well the crowd, compared to when they started. Yeah. They're doing, this, they're doing the big sweep still. The crowd aren't even bothering. They've home. realized what this is. They're kind of like, okay, the show is nearly over now. And we waited like four hours to get in here. No wrestlers are around. I'm not holding up yeah. my sign. There's, I will not wave my arms like I just don't care. Well, there's a sign that says China lover, then a German flag. Someone flew from Germany. That's tragic. To to come to this. Well, obviously they came from WrestleMania. Yeah, but... they came from WrestleMania, but they get. I feel so sorry for the person who came from Germany to see WrestleMania 15. I've I've been to WrestleMania 25, right? Yeah. And I went. I did the whole package. I did Access. I did Hall of Fame. All that stuff. You know, Hall of Fame is so much fun. Access is. Literally, if you've never been, like words can't describe what like a, a fan's paradise it is. Yeah. You, there's got there's so much stuff to do. There's just trivia. There's merch. There's guys. You know, I got to call a match with Joey Styles. You know, you never know what. There's always great stuff there. And the WrestleMania I went to was a particularly crap WrestleMania, bar one amazing match. But I still have really good memories of the whole weekend because yeah. the access and all that put me in an amazing mood. Now, spoiler alert, WrestleMania 15, if you haven't figured it out by now, isn't the greatest WrestleMania ever. No. Far from it. And if you're going into that show, and this is what they use to get you psyched up if you're there for the weekend, it's a such a, such a miss. Yeah. Considering how hot the product was at the time, the fact that they literally, they couldn't yeah. even make a fun night for fans. They've won the Monday Night Wars, and they've come to this. It's, it's funny because, I mean, like, back in the, you know, when they had WrestleMania 5 in, like, Trump Plaza... They did like meet and greets, and yeah. they did. Uh, but I think the idea here was like, oh, you know, no one wants to queue up for an autograph. That's old fashioned. Everyone wants to do a rave party. You know, they thought they were being like cool and hip, and then in the end, it just like was a really shitty night for the fans, which is which is which is sad, I suppose. You know, the music hits. It's DX. You wouldn't know though, because the house microphone stops working for a little bit. So. Yeah. They come down an escalator, and then what I could only describe as one of the most harrowing, one of the most harrowing sequences in the history of the podcast, as I genuinely fear for DX's life. Yeah. They think they're meant to just come down the escalator, walk What's up to the stage, that's that. Whilst Five Road minutes. Dog does his long promo. Doesn't go so hot. Yeah, well, I'm guessing it was supposed to be a short promo, but halfway through... Uh, Someone grabs the, the, the mic. Wall. Somebody grabs the mic. Somebody then grabs Triple H. Somebody then grabs X-Pac. And uh, we get a little bit of a riot on our hands. Yeah, we get a riot on our hands. There's nothing quite like seeing X-Pac, who's, you know, these lads are probably, you know, it is a rage party after yeah. all, and I don't think them being attacked by a few thousand people is, is, is what's best for them at the moment. I just hear some random go, It's fucking terrifying. Seeing, we, we see at least, uh, possibly over a hundred people all swarming in on DX. It's really scary. I mean, like, and these guys, these are guys who can probably handle themselves in a situation like that. No but... one can handle themselves when a hundred people have swarmed them, Billy. <laughs> Come on. He can handle that, can't he? Are you seriously With, telling without me? Without Billy Gunn's help. Are you seriously telling me you think that DX have the core strength? <laughs> the core strength and the cardio to keep at bay all those fans? I don't think so, my friend. So anyway, Triple H arrives on the stage. 
Look at his clothes. He looks so stupid. He's got a t-shirt that is literally cut in half. He's made a new kind of yeah. top. He looks ridiculous. He looks like a knob. Road Dog is dressed as a dealer. And he's doing the glasses with the eyes. But the thing is, right, I don't like looking Road Dog in the eyes. No. It scares me. <laughs> when he's there and he's got the glasses down, he's looking on the eyes. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, will you fucking listen to me? Look at me. His eyes are so... He's terrifying. Yeah. Triple H says that Philadelphia is full of the loudest MFers he's ever seen. Um, it's not very DX. Not really. To say MFers. <laughs> it's it's just it's it's a little. I don't know. Like they cut to kids in the audience, and the thing is as well, like this thing like start like people queued up since like five or six. Jesus. And this went on until like one in the morning. Like people were just like tired and cranky, and kids were crying like. That's what I heard from the fan reports. It's, it's a grim atmosphere. They just do the general DX shtick. Each one does their individual shtick. Apart from X-Pac, he just stands there. Well, he, he kind of goes, make some noise yeah, at the start. <laughs> make some noise. Billy Gunn doesn't do anything either. He does the, if you're not down with that, i got two words for oh, you. Oh, right, yeah. I, Even though they've it, already said it suck went, it. It all went into one big thing of just, let's see how many ways we can get the crowd to chant suck it. We've yeah. had a year now, basically, of DX in this format. Yeah. Backstage. Patterson and Briscoe have got a new plan. They uh, decide that they're going to perhaps put on some uh, waiters' uniforms. Yeah. Mm, very good. Very. Despite the fact we've seen no waiters throughout the entire thing. You know the way Foley earlier said, I've got two words for you. Mm, beefy. Yeah. Chef Boyardee sponsored the event. Oh, for fuck's And provided sake. catering for the whole thing. Now, the only thing that makes this entire night this awkward, weird night where fans were fucked over and, you know, superstars were made to look awkward and everything was... It's a bad atmosphere. Yeah is the concept of several gallons of canned ravioli in silver, you know, just... Yeah, silver vats. Vats! <laughs> you, you get to meet Jim Ross and you get to eat as much ravioli as you possibly can. <laughs> what more could you ask for for 80... I mean, if I paid $80... I'd want some ravioli. I'm going to fucking fill my pockets with ravioli. Yeah. I'm getting my money's worth, is all <laughs> I'm saying. So we cut to my favourite moment of the night, Vince with Kane. Oh! Loosen up! Loosen up, fuck right. Loosen up, it's a party. Loosen up. Vince is just hitting Kane going, Loosen up, god damn it, it's a party. <laughs> fuck me, so funny. Shane just walks in front of him and then starts thrusting at yeah. him. Starts thrusting at Kane. So come on, get down. I'm drunk, why don't you have a drink? Let's go find some girls. It's one of those nights, isn't it? You know, you go after the pretty girl with the big yeah. breasts and you assault her and then the fans basically cause a riot. Then you go up to a seven foot guy who yeah. you give him a little bit of a grind. <laughs> yeah. It's one of, I'm sorry you don't go hard like Shane McMahon does. <laughs> That's not a euphemism for him having an erection possibly at this moment. So we finally get Patterson and Briscoe arriving. They're told sorry, to get told to go get a briefcase by Vince, so uh, they're off again. I love Vince is giving out to someone for not having a good time. Have you ever been to one of those parties where someone's like, come on, have fun, have a good time, Davis. <laughs> have a good time or so, help me God. Vince McMahon does not know how to throw a rage party. No, he does not. Val Venus appears. Yeah, he just comes out in his towel. He comes out in his towel, no knee pads, breaking his mother's heart, wearing yeah. no shoes, Finally got to fucking quote Big Kaz in the podcast. High five. Boom. Breaking your mother's heart, Val. No shoes. Coming out there. No top on it you. It must be so fucking cold in there. He's got an insulating layer of oil. Yeah, well, yeah, he does. So Val says he is going to introduce a band that have a lot in common with him. The Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Yes. I hate the 90s, Billy. Yeah. 
the, the Cherry Pop, Poppin' Daddies, a, a, a famous band from the time. Famous? Yeah, they were. They had a famous song called um, Zoot Suit. I, I read about them and just hearing about them, and they did they missed complete opportunity with them. So I'll read you an extract from their Wikipedia page. The, the singer's called Steve Perry. Sorry, with Steve Perry as well, that guy, he's got a look in his face which, which basically seems to say, hit me, it will save time. Yeah. Uh, Steve Perry performing under the mad scientist stage persona of MC Large Drink... Fuck off. ...would engage in absurdist shock rock antics such as mock crucifixion, flag burning, and slavering his body with various foods and liquids. The most infamous element of the Daddy's early stage shows, however, was the Dildo Arado, alternatively the Dildozer, a penis-shaped, modified ride-on lawnmower which mimicked ejaculation by shooting salvos of colourful fluids from its tip. Why did they not do any of this in the Rage Party? What the this fuck? Is atti- this has Attitude Era written all over it, and we just get these guys playing a weird mix of Scar and Swing. What the fuck are we doing reviewing this? <laughs> I have no what idea. What is going on? Sorry, irrespective of all that zaniness, listen to the music. It's so hot. It's diabolical. They're so out of tune. It sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, there's an amazing moment where we get a big flare from the uh, the brass instruments and the drumsticks. <laughs> we'll put it here. It just goes. <laughs> it sounds like chickens just being strangled. It sounds like Mecha Godzilla doing a job. Is what it sounds yeah. like. It's absolutely horrible. Just to point out as well, we had Isaac Hayes, bit of soul music. Then we had kind of, you know, some rap, and now we've got ska. What is this? I don't know. I think they're trying to appeal to all the demographics. This is this rage party is like one of those shitty parties where you go to and the lad, the host of the party, is just dicking around on his iPod. Yeah. Trying to seem diverse, but he just seems like a prick in the end. Yeah. Good God almighty. The song finishes and the guy says, uh, I'm going to introduce to you now a, uh, a special someone. The Undertaker is the most bland introduction for The Undertaker. This is The Undertaker. Because you can't go, this is The Undertaker. And then the music goes, allow the purity of evil to guide you. <laughs> Something is missed out there. It's not as if, I mean, he, he announces him like he's next in line at the post office. Yeah. Undertaker comes out. I am not one to tell a person how to live their character or anything like that, but I don't think it's appropriate for The Undertaker to appear at a rage party. Yeah, it's so out of character. It, ruin, it ruins the mystique. It the ruins the mystique so. And he so brings much. the entire ministry with him, who all dress up in their. I would love to see Midian in a rave outfit, yeah. but alas, not to be had. So yeah, Undertaker hypes his match with Boss Man. Oh god, that's not going to be fun. And he alludes to basically the start now of the whole. He wants to, he wants Stephanie and whatnot. Yeah. And honestly, even though I had a problem with Undertaker coming out and it ruined his mystique, this is actually probably the best promo of the night. Yeah, because it, it actually got me excited for one of the matches. Yeah. I mean, you got you got an hour on USA. I just would have been like this. This, you know, I would have been playing fucking as much hype up. They didn't. They barely mentioned the pay per view. I no. would have really aggressively hyped this show. But Undertaker's yeah. the only one who really kind of does it. He he gestures to the other side of the warehouse. This is in, and we uh, we hear a sound. We later see that it's the, the cruci- big crucifix is being set alight. He so sets this crucifix cam- on the fire. The camera misses it. You just see in the corner a puff of smoke coming out and it's just the camera's in the opposite direction then it slowly pans 
and then we see the crucifix. That would have been such a cool thing to have a quick cut, see that coming up in flames, getting the audience, you know, getting yeah. a cheer. Not even a cheer from the audience because they've, they've lost the will to live after this. They just <laughs> not even care. a burning crucifix can get this. That is seemingly lit by magic can hype up this Philadelphia crowd. What else have you got? Like, magic, <laughs> magic burning crucifix. And Vince McMahon has a look on his face. They go to us to say, gosh darn it. You know, you've ruined my party. Yeah. It, this is my 21st birthday all over again. You know, I was having a good time. People were having some drinks. We had some cake. And then all of a sudden, you know, someone came and abducted everyone and took us all to a sex dungeon. This is the worst party ever. So we cut back once again. For the last time. And for the last time. And it ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. Patterson Briscoe at the limo. They go to get in the limo and yeah. get the briefcase and they touch it. And I'm I'm ashamed that I picked up on this. Wait a minute, the driver is not there. I don't Come on, get, get in there. I don't know how to get in. Oh, Jesus! Oh, now we'll probably get arrested. Look what you did now! We'll probably get arrested. Get arrested? Oh, Come in, man. What's the matter? We're fine, sir. What are you trying to do here? That's all right. Trying to break into the car? No, no, this That's is Mr. McMahon's limousine. They couldn't actually get an actual car alarm to play. So what they actually play. Was the music from Raw in 1994, 1995? You're the wee, 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 yeah. wee, the, the, the fake kind of. Welcome everyone to Monday Night Raw. Can us anyone? No, I don't think so. Welcome back to more World Wrestling Federation action. And welcome back to more of Monday Night Raw. They play that siren. Jesus. Can you not actually get a real car alarm? I feel ashamed. Cars have alarms. They they had a real car. It was a limo. That has it. I know. <laughs> Why are we doing it? Uh, don't worry, guys. We'll do that in post. Let's just get a quick take. Like the security come out, tell them to you know they're, they're being ejected. And the Patterson Briscoe Odyssey ends. Yeah. Who knows what they'll do next? What was in that briefcase? Who knows? Anyway, Austin ca- literally just casually walks wanders in, off, wanders off the street with a beer. Just in his camo jacket. He's like, oh, how's it going, lad? No one can see him because he's wearing his camouflage. Austin then comes out to his music, and there's an in- this. We were both like, this is a missed opportunity. There is an entire live band just standing there, and then they just play the track. Yeah, like it why not? So cool to have Austin come out to live music. It's not hard to play. It's a it's a simple tune. It's badass. They had like. Four guys with guitars, basses. They didn't have to do a ska version. They could just like, play this, but nah, alas not. I'd love to hear a ska version of uh, Austin's theme. Also, quick note, how come the DX band got snubbed tonight? I'm just saying, like... Big pun filled up too much of the stage. Big pun at Jim Johnson. <laughs> Damn you, big pun. Will your reign of terror ever end? So Vince again is doing the big gulp of fear. He's all got this look at his face and saying, God damn it, contracted performers are coming out on my event. Yeah. Austin does... Again, like The Rock earlier, one of the most generic, lame yeah. promos ever. Did not get me psyched up for the no, match. No, not at all. No, I mean, just to put it in perspective, Austin has been built up as the guy. And the last few months, with all the stuff with Mankind, The Rock has been built up as, you know, the guy you want to see get beat. But even just looking back on this, I'm kind of, even watching, because you watched some of The Raws with us recently, yeah. it's really timid. yeah. I'm not kind of like, I can't wait to get my hands, see these guys get their hands at each other. There's something just not no, clicking not there. It doesn't feel like, does this feel like the night before WrestleMania? No, it doesn't. Because I don't know about you, I always get hyped up for WrestleMania these days. And yeah. this didn't really do it. No. It just ends then. Yeah, he, he says, give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah, see ya. <laughs> cut to black, end, end of Rage Party. 
all, all, all stormtroopers come in, just beat everyone up. <laughs> the party is over. Go home. Here's your ravioli. Get out. There you go. WrestleMania Rage Party. Someone on Twitter said, "Was there another one after this?" No. <laughs> Which is a shame because I would have loved to see more of what every, every year what things you know WWF try to you know trying to keep on the pulse what they try to do to appeal to the fans. I get with the idea that it's kind of like you want to make the product edgy, you want to make it seem different, but at the end of the day, guys, all we really want to see is we want to see the rest. I mean, before WrestleMania, we want to see the wrestlers, we want to get autographs, we want to get our pictures taken, we want to see some bits and bobs. That's it. Yeah. The fact that they were like, no, let's do a rave party instead, it just stinks of Vince Russo, this whole yeah. thing. And, you know, without, without any matches or any kind of solid action or strong characters to back it up, because, I mean, it's a really... They could have even had, like, a little match in here. Like, they could have done any... Better. I mean, yeah, because, you know, access to do matches, they do in-ring promos, you know, the guys do Q&As. Yeah. There's so much you could have done, and to give the fans this was an ask $80. $80 Forty-two minutes of entertainment—not even entertainment. It wasn't entertainment. Like just three that. songs. Like I mean, it, it would have been entertaining for people watching at home and to get all the backstage stuff. Like with yeah, you wouldn't. But there was the no audience. Yeah, didn't they, get that's that. true. That's true. And I point out as well. I love. I like. You know, I love to like Patterson and Briscoe and all the bits and bobs. But without a structure of you know any kind of you know pay-per-view structure or raw episode structure, you can really see through the lame comedy. Yeah. It just it just looks really second-rate and hokey. Yeah, WrestleMania Rage Party. I would suggest checking it out on YouTube at your own risk. I I, I can't recommend it enough. <laughs> just just to just to see the absurdity of it. It only takes up you know less than forty five minutes of your day. I recommend you watch it just to see all the, the all the wrongdoings and see it's everything so that funny. they got wrong and the missed opportunities and all of that. So Rock, please watch this. Rock Austin, WrestleMania 15. Ratings had never been higher. They were killing WCW. It was the product had never been more in the in the you know in the public mind than it was at this moment. It was never cooler to be a wrestling fan than it was at this moment. And you know, we may be overanalyzing a little bit, but I think this really like stands out as that you know, we always talk about the misfires in the action yeah. era. It's almost as if they didn't realize why they were popular. And good God, it wasn't because of stuff like this. No, it wasn't. To do this after your, the likes of the Royal Rumble 1999, it's yeah. beggar's belief how one company with, with the same writing team, the same bookers, the same staff could put out both of those shows and think that they were of the same, you know. The same caliber. The same standard thing. This is WWF standard. This is our style. Ridiculous. Insane. That is going to do it for this Bono episode of the Attitude Era podcast. Thanks for joining us for the WrestleMania Rage Party. And as always, if you're listening on SoundCloud or on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio, make sure you subscribe and get all of our episodes direct. Also, if you're on iTunes as well, you want to help us out, best way to do that, leave a little rating or review. It helps us out immeasurably. Make sure to check us out on Twitter, at AEPodcast. Also, facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. We're building a nice little community over there. Yeah, People good. posting up stuff. We're doing caption contests. So, yeah, that's uh, going to do it for me, Kevin. And me, Billy. I'm going to go and listen to some Frank Zappa and wonder why he couldn't make better children than he did. <laughs> Fuck me. All right, that's going to do. We'll see you next time on the Attitude Era podcast. Time and unthinkable souls combined to make one ministry. Let it be known that on February 14th, St. Valentine's Day Massacre 
that the massacre they witnessed here tonight will be nothing like the massacre that the ministry unleashes from here on. I want a bitch. I want a bitch. I want, I want, I want PMS. I want, I want a big, big bitch. I want big, big, big. This is you. This is you. This is you, big bitch. 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 Listen here, you 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 big bitch. Bloody, 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 bloody.